This is your favorite podcaster, Romina, and you just tuned in to RM Podcast FL. Hello, my beautiful listeners. This is your favorite podcaster, Romina. Hope everybody's having a fabulous and a tremendous and a beautiful and a gorgeous and a fabulous day so far. So happy Tuesday, number one. If you are listening to this episode any other day but Tuesday, well, have a great rest of whatever day you're listening to this episode on. But before we do jump to today's episode, I know I haven't said this enough, you guys. Make sure to go ahead and subscribe to connectwithromina.com to stay tuned once our online course launches out. It is an online course that every entrepreneur out there will definitely take advantage of it and every person that works into the sales world will definitely take advantage of it and up their commission sales. It's a system that I actually put together merging my experience from auto sales, from door-to-door sales, from inside sales, as well as just working with different clients right now. So definitely go ahead and subscribe to connectwithromina.com. Romina, it's R-O-M-I-N-A. I hope by now you guys know how to spell my name, but if it is your first time logging into RM Podcast FL, well, welcome and join the crew. Why not? We are here to learn how to overcome personal and career obstacles because as much as we try to, you know, kind of disconnect those two sometimes, they're really kind of merged into one because we are one person at the end of the day. But number one, Subscribe to the website, you guys. Number two, make sure to give us a five-star review and a short comment if you are listening through Apple Podcasts. If you are listening through any other platforms, don't worry about it. Thank you for tuning in. But without losing any time, I actually want to go ahead and introduce you guys to today's guest speaker, Martha Grachy. She is amazing, you guys. Like I feel like I just found a new best friend, number one. No filters, just very straightforward. A great, great person. So, today we're actually going to be talking about how to build different income streams. That is super uh, duper important, especially when we're talking about business diversification and how to actually be able to leverage your brilliant idea, especially if you are a visionary, if you have new ideas popping up in your head all the time, how to actually convert that into a business. So, definitely make sure to listen to the full episode. We actually also touch base on how to balance the alpha female personality and like how to how to kind of stay in your feminine energy, even though alpha personalities are typically masculine energy. We touch base on it um, and Martha does a really amazing job at kind of breaking it down for us and show us how even on her marriage, what she was able to do and her and her husband are, you know, a great bit are great business partners. He's a great support system for her. So definitely make sure to listen to that. And also front burner, back burner theory. No, I'm not going to explain it to you what it is. If you know what it is, well, make sure to listen to full episode so you can actually see how she practiced this on her own business. So I don't want to spoil the episode. So there's nothing else for me to say, but um, enjoy. Hello, my beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to RM Podcast FL. Yes, this is your favorite podcaster, Romina. I will not do a drum roll on today's episode because typically I do a little drum roll. But today we have Martha Creechy on our podcast. I'm super duper excited about this one. Another Floridian. Yay to Florida. We love every other state, you guys. But Florida is a different kind. <laughs> hey, Martha, how are you today? 
Oh my gosh. Well, I'm loving life. We're at the, right now it's the day before Thanksgiving as we're recording and I have literally palm trees behind me. It is sunny out. It is beautiful. I moved from Iowa not too long ago. So it's my first holiday season with no snow. So I'm, I'm in love with life right yeah. now. I don't think you ever want to move north after this, <laughs> this season. Never. Never again. No. <laughs> I, I remember when I lived in Illinois, I had to wake up extra early to clean my car. I had to make coffee and then another cup of hot water just to throw it in my windshield, like my, my window, so it can melt the ice. And then somebody told me I might crack the window one time, so I stopped doing that. It, it's a lot. I can't. It just, is a lot. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's well, a big deal. <laughs> I'm excited about today's episode. I know we connected a while back, and um, I would definitely want to pass on the mic to you first and tell us how awesome you are. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us uh, your career path and what do you do? Yeah. Well, so what I do is I help uh, families. I, I help corporations as well, but my passion is helping families be able to create multiple income streams around themselves in a way that feels very good for them. And so they can just live life and then also be serving others and have these income streams. But like who I am is uh, how my, my career trajectory has been all the way from uh, dropping out of college one semester in, okay, so there's that. Um, and then I was in like restaurant bartender industry for 14 years. After that, I was in like phone sales for a little while. And then after that, I was like on the phone sales. And then after that, I worked for GoDaddy for about five years, um, got up into leadership through GoDaddy. And then at that point, um, was like, you know, I'm just going to do something on my own. I'm just going to, I'm going to take a stab at it. And yeah. uh, here we are. <laughs> so this is, well, this is where we are. Now. For people, I know you're gonna be like, what do you mean 14 years food and beverage? Like you start working when you were 10? Cause you look very young. So I have to say that number one. So whatever, whatever <laughs> your face or whatever lotions, please share that secret with us in one of your episodes. Cause I would love to know that. <laughs> oh my gosh, bless saying. you. <laughs> I love so, it. You went from one semester into college, so I beat you by two semesters. I dropped out with three semesters in. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> and then food and beverage. So we match on that end. Um, I'm more five years in food and beverage, and I'm 14. And then sales. Now sales. So food and beverage, you build the customer experience. You build how to know people. Yes. And then sales, you go ahead and take that and convert it to more money. Yes. Do you absolutely. think you'd be the same person without that food and beverage experience? No, I love my food and beverage experience. And I tell everybody that their kids should go through it. They should go through it if they haven't. And everybody's kids should go through it. It is boot camp for how to take care of people that are in a wild mindset of being hangry, right? So like, that you've got to be able to take care of people. And then whenever, like, say the kitchen's behind or something, you've got to still make it okay. And you've got to still, like, be able to take care of them, make them feel good about their experience because you're working on tips, right? I don't know um, where you worked. You were in Illinois, so you were on way less than – is that where you did Food and Bev was um, Illinois? Yeah. It was Illinois. It was Edwardsville, Illinois, and then Atlanta, and then Jacksonville, Florida. So, yeah. Three bucks an hour sound about right yeah well it was like 315 yeah yeah so and your tips are everything 
I land that was like two something. Yeah, you get a paycheck, it's like 28 bucks, right? Well, you take the taxes out and you owe $10, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the, I mean, your, your livelihood depends on making sure that people that are hungry um, are having a good experience, even if they, even if there are things that are out of your control. And those are straight up life lessons, yeah. being able to make things good, even if they're out of your control, like twisting them and tweaking them to something that can still be good. That's straight up. I mean, it's, it's gold. I love it. I, that's one thing that I tell people, especially people that want to get into the sales world, they're freak out, especially if the job is only commission. I'm like, think about it. You want to be a business owner, let's say, uh, you get to get your cut on profit without investing, locking capital, having to work in by payroll, HR, none of that fun stuff. You just get a pay cut. Why wouldn't you do it? You want to yes. own a business, right? You're sitting here telling me you want to own a business and everything. Practice. Yes. Like that's Absolutely. what the beverage and that's what sales is. Practice. Sales is the best. Sales, I couldn't, whenever I went from sales to leadership, automatic pay cut. Right. Um, and it was like, I felt like I was being strangled at that point because I knew my check wasn't going to ever look different. <laughs> and in sales, I had the control to be able to allow my check to look different. It was on me. Right. But whenever I was just making the same amount every week, regardless, it's like hard to motivate somebody it's that's boring. like, that they're going to make the same amount. I was like, Oh, but it's also boring. I'm yeah, like, it is I boring. know what I'm expected. Like as much as I'm a little control freak, I don't know if you're the same, but if I know to like, you know, this month, this much, this month, this much, I'm like, but what's the excitement? Why am I living the same thing day in and day out? Like, like I want to take a trip. Let me just put in like work one weekend, make two grand or whatever, what, whatever type of sales you work and then just go on vacation and not worry about it. Cause yes. people don't, people are just like, but is that stability? But I'm like, it's not like I don't like being stable, but why not? Well, it's also pseudo stability. It's not even really stability because how many people have worked at jobs for, you, you hear about it all the time. They work there 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and then all of a sudden they just get wiped from their job. I mean, it's not really even stability. That's like what I wish people would understand is that like that, that stuff, even though it's touted and the narrative is that it's stable, that's not even stable anymore. This like the businesses that we're working for these days are not the same businesses our parents and our grandparents worked for. That was stable. It's not like that anymore. So we need to do things for ourselves. It's not because you can be a leader and, you know, think you're a director or anything. And then you have a freshly graduate that will be like, I have some new ideas. Now I'm going to cut up this leader that I pay 150 grand a year and pay this freshly graduate 40 grand. And he's going to give his best because guess what? He needs to be exposed. Exactly. So that stability is not there. But I do want to ask you, so you have this big entrepreneurship, this business idea, mindset. Did your family have business or like what background did your family have? Well, okay. My, my grandparents did, but I didn't really have anything to do with that. Um, my grandparents on my mom's side, they owned a newspaper, like a small town newspaper in Beardstown, Illinois. Um, and, uh, so there was, there was that, so there was kind of journalism and that sort of thing that ran in my mom's line of, uh, in her family. Um, but my dad, who I align with the most, um, he, he was born in a corn silo. 
All right. So those non-farmy types, those are the things that when you drive through the country, they're these like tin can look like toilet paper rolls on the side um, and then have a little lid on them. Tin can, they look like Tin Man. <laughs> um, he was born inside one of those things. And um, they, their house had a dirt floor. At one point, uh, he was kicked out of his house and, um, and then he lived in a, in a junkyard, a car in a junkyard. Um, so that entrepreneurial spirit did not run uh, in, my, in my dad's side of the family, which is the side that I align the most with. Um, they, they're hardworking people. Like I, I, I lost him about eight years ago, but I remember his hands, they were like thick and calloused and he was a very hard worker. Um, he was an honest guy and he was a great guy. Um, that's, but I didn't get my entrepreneurial spirit from them. I think my entrepreneurial spirit honestly just came from not settling. I'm not okay with where I'm at. So there must be something else. Um, so I'm going to make something else happen. And it was just like a, I may get my hard headedness from him, <laughs> but not the entrepreneurial nature. Would you say maybe you get your work ethics through him too? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's at the end of the day, being successful work ethics is super, super duper important. Yes. You can have the ideas and everything, but if you don't put in the work, like, okay, congratulations, poof. The idea went out in the air. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. Man, I wish more people would follow through with that stuff. Because there could be so many multi-millionaires out there, but, there, but the idea, like just what you said, poof. It just poof. It went away with the first speed bump that they hit, right? Oh, this is hard. This is hard. And then, like, then they think, oh, well, that means I can't do it. No, it means you got to work hard, and then you do it, right? Like, yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about building different um, – income streams so you help others and you help corporates to where it's actually looking at different perspective and diversified as we know as we know if you want to build a financial portfolio you need to diversify look at the beta look at all that fun stuff you guys the risk i'm not going to get blah 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 all into that details but let's talk a little bit about when do you know you need to diversify for example if i have a business that i sell shirts just let's say shirts. Uh, when do I know I need to, I have this business aligned and I need to enter in something else. Do I need this business aligned a hundred percent before I look into something else? So this way I don't burn this business. Like how do you find that balance? Yeah, that's the fun part. So the way that I teach it is all through community. Um, it's a very interesting take on it. Uh, so I talk more about building communities and then being able to serve those communities via different income streams. So what you would do in that case, based on what I teach is you would find out your community would be telling you that they're ready for something else. Your community would be telling you what they're, what they want. Um, so they would basically in the community, as you're sharing like these different shirts and stuff like that, You've seen it before on social media where somebody releases like um, a, a shirt and then everybody's like, ooh, can you make this? Can you make this? Can you make this? What you have to do is you listen to feedback because those are literally your buyers, right? Those are literally the people that are going to be buying the stuff. And if you're taking care of them, they're going to be inviting their friends into that community as well. But the way that I teach it is like you bring, you add more into your community. So you're never just a person that sells shirts because you're not. You're so much more than that. 
Um, you're, you're the person that has had the entire life that you have had before you started selling shirts. There's a lot of dynamic pieces in there that you can have me too moments with people and they can realize they're your people and they're really going to get what you're putting on a shirt. And it's going to mean so much more to them than it means to anybody else. And then with that relationship, it's going to expand into different products, but then it can also expand into affiliate marketing and all sorts of other things as well. Right. Um, and, and you know, there's, I can go down an entire rabbit hole on that, but I won't. But the, the short answer is that your audience is going to be telling you when it's time to diversify and start branching off because it's going to be the next logical step. And that's that I wouldn't force a step. It needs to be the next logical step. Like it needs to actually make sense as you're doing it. So what I'm listening, what I'm hearing from you is feedback is important and pay attention to your clients. Yeah. So Absolutely. a lot of times companies miss this. Um, I'm not going to mention, for example, a specific company name right now, because let's <laughs> not do that. But um, the company decided to do a whole swap of not listening to the customers, do a whole swap and put in a whole new system, whole new product and everything that they lost about 30% of the existing customers. Yeah. Like just cause they did something they wanted to do. Right. And that was a fortune 500 company, you guys. And now they're not fortune 500 anymore. Then I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that out there. But uh, by not listening to that feedback, like you're missing out your, your client, what they're supposed to listen. But there's also two sides of this. When do you know when to listen and when not to listen? Yeah, yes. So, or the logical process. Yes. So there's, uh, there's always going to be people that give you some harebrained <laughs> ideas. Um, and they're like, you should do this. And you're like, mm, okay, like, all right. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. So <laughs> that's there. It does need to go through. Um, so I have a list of questions that I have people go through, um, to see if an idea is going to be viable for them. Right. So, so you get their ideas and then you run it through your own internal list basically of like, okay, how much money is this thing going to cost? Do I have the time to make this happen? Do I have an audience that actually needs this that will support the creation of this? Um, am I going to be able to put it out there? Are people going to be able to hear about it enough, right? Um, all of those things need to be answered. And then also, is this a front burner or a back burner thing? That is like my entire team knows me like our all of our discussions are about front burner back burner is this something we do today or is this something that can wait a week or two um, yeah and that's and that needs to be filed away because a lot of entrepreneurs it's a blessing and also a curse that we are visionaries and so we have tons of ideas how many people have taken a shower and all of a sudden you come out with 10 million dollar ideas and you're like that gets pulled up almost every night and i take pictures <laughs> and print them because you need visionary, like I have two boards. Yes, it, it, it is a blessing and a curse. I, I, I second that, yeah. Absolutely. And so what we have to do is we have to be able to file those ideas away in a way that makes sense. Okay, is this one going to produce income? Which one is going to produce income the fastest and cost the least 
so far as time and money are concerned. That goes top of my pile. So that's yeah. something I can do quickly that I can make happen quickly. Um, and then the things that require more time, more resources, but are still gonna push the needle really far in the business, that's gonna be like mid pile. And then at the end is going to be more of the like more time, more resource, you know, just the heavier one. And then the one that is really a question mark on if it's going to even work or not, like it's just kind of a crapshoot that's going to go back here because I'm not going to spend my time on this until like, I've just got a rainy day and some extra time. And maybe that's in three or five years, who knows? Yeah. Um, but that's, I'm not going to focus on that right now. I'm going to focus on my easies, my, my stuff. That's like, okay, I could do this and make this and just crush this right now. Let me go ahead and do this. And then that's, that's. that's I have a question. That. Yes. Because time is limited. I wish we had more than 24 hours in a day, but we don't. If I was to give you two business ideas right now, let's say you're going to sell, let me grab something. You're going to sell this pan and this pen is going to get you an ROI of 20% in a year, okay. or you can sell this sticky notes and this is going to make you 55% of ROI, but it's going to take you seven years of investment. Yes. I'm writing these down. <laughs> um, what what product would you choose? Well, I need to know what ROI is. So I know you said 20% and 55%, but what is the, um, what's the initial investment? Uh, let's make it um, 500K both. 500K both, okay. We're um, getting down to the numbers, I like this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a strategist, right? Um, so I, what I would do is the 20% first, I would focus on that first. And then my second, a close second would be the 55% one. I would make sure that that gets done, but I would get the 20% done, get my eggs in a basket over here, clear my desk and be able to do the 55% one. But I would not let 55% fall past two or three weeks. I would make sure that it happened. So I would do both of them, but I would do 20% first. So you would parallel it. Yes. And try to do the 20% first. And I want the I want the listeners to pay attention to this because she said I would not choose either or I would get both. That's when you know you're really dealing with a businesswoman. <laughs> like, what do you mean I have to let go one of them? No, we're gonna find this first real quick and then we're gonna hop to the other one. That's when you yeah. know you'd actually and you'd ask for numbers, which is great because people are like, Oh, ROI, it's a high, but I'm like, what's the investment? Yeah. yeah I yeah. love that part. And no, guys, we did not practice that. I was like, let me just do two examples. No, that was fun. I could do that all day. <laughs> so true, though, because I'm the same. I'm like, numbers. Right. I'm a, like, let me Excel spreadsheet this really quick. <laughs> like, yes. Okay, um, another question. So you're the first millionaire in your family. Number one, were you shooting to be a millionaire or you were just so passionate of doing what you're doing and it just ended up eventually coming to you? I wanted money. Um, I didn't, it wasn't like, um, like the dude bro laying on the car on the Facebook ad. Right. So it wasn't like that. Um, I didn't want that, but what I wanted was to not be stressed out about my bills uh -huh. and, um, to not, I wanted a good life for my daughter. And okay. I knew that, that in order for me to give her what I wanted for her to have, um, I knew that money wasn't going to be an issue for us. Uh, and that we were going to be able to go on vacations and give her experiences that um, I didn't get when I was younger. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that 
that pushed the financial side of things. I wasn't thinking I want to be a millionaire like that never came across my mind. Um, but I did know that I wanted to be able to be financially independent to the point where it just doesn't even, I can spend money and it doesn't matter. It just comes back. Right. Like, and that it's not even very much of like, it just small chunks. It just doesn't, I don't just don't even worry about it. Um, and then what I have found is that, and I'm going to go back to the beginning of the question, but um, what I have found in that is that whenever we have what we need, whenever we're able to make our ends meet, um, you live from your heart. You start to become like the, the community oriented person that lives in service because when you're not just like scrapping for money here and there, like, like I got to make my money at work and then I get home and I'm tired and you know, then I yell at my kids or whatever. Right. Um, whenever you're not in that space, you've got nothing left other than living from your heart. And that's what I've learned from it. And it's just amazing. But that's where I also started from. Um, Whenever I first started my business, I was after the money at first, very quickly at first. Um, and that's because I literally, I quit my job. Uh, I was the only person um, in my home. So there was uh, myself, my husband, and my daughter. And then there was also my husband's parents that lived with us, okay? Um, I was the only person making an income in the entire house. Um, feeding everybody, paying insurance, all of that. Right. Um, and then one day I'm like, I'm quitting, <laughs> quitting my job. Um, right. And we had just bought a house, like it was a whole thing. And, um, and then whenever I quit, I was very money oriented because to me, that's what, that's where I thought I needed to focus because yeah. I was like, okay, well I need to make this money. And I was blessed enough to not really miss a beat. Um, within that first month, I ended up making enough money where it was, I never missed a paycheck, essentially. It was always just, I was always good. But in that, I made some choices to take on some clients that were not good fits. And it didn't feel good to work with them. So while I was making the money and I was paying the bills, I was all of a sudden... Um, so where I was, were you deviating from your actual mission? Uh, well, where I was working for corporate and stuff like that, I was kind of like a slave to corporate. I became a slave in just another way. Um, I was working from home. Yeah, that was great. But I was so like, it, it did not feel good. And then whenever I switched it up and realized like, Oh, Martha, yeah, you stubbed your toe here. Um, I, I switched it up into serving the people I wanted to serve and everything changed. And the, the trajectory went on yeah. the, on the success meter, like, okay, 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 boom. And it, and that was what happened whenever I actually got completely keyed in on exactly who I wanted to serve. So three things I want to point out on what you said. Number one um, it's not necessarily that status, but it's what you do behind it, not the millionaire status of the billionaire or, you know, whatever money amount, like would make you happy in your bank account. It's not even that, but it's the mission behind it. That's what pushes you. Cause again, once you're really passionate about somebody, people can see it on your face. 
Yeah. Uh, if I can try to be passionate about selling a random thing, I don't know, like t-shirts. I, I'm not really into t-shirts. I'm not. But if we're talking about like podcasting and if we're talking about, you know, uh, all like, especially podcasting for right now or social media or marketing, I get super excited. Like you can tell it on me. So that, that can be, you know, you can see that from somebody. So definitely niche out on that one. Um, the second thing that I wanted to point out is the fact that you said, yes, I was so motivated on money, but I became a slave to the money, which mm -hmm. I've noticed this to myself. Whenever I have a new idea and I'm like, pull this money out of this, out of this, try to do this, come out. And like, if you stress out so much yourself, you'll end up not finding the money. But if you're like, I have this idea, I need this much. I don't know how universe somehow bring it to me. Yeah. It happens. It's insane. But somehow you will get a call or something will happen within the next few hours. I had one happen the next hour. I was like, what is this? And it's like, hey, I have this project for you this much. And I'm like, this is exactly how I need it. So <laughs> that, <laughs> that is just something else on its own. But what I wanted to ask you is you can tell you're very um, go-getter, very strong personality person. How does that affect it on your relationship with your spouse or with your loved ones? Cause I can, I'm kind of the same and I don't know the answer for it. And I'm sure a lot of females kind of have the same issue out there. <laughs> How, cause you said you were pretty much the breadwinner and right now you're the go-getter, go crazy, go crazy. And of course you have a great and amazing support system with Mike and everybody around you. Yeah. But how do you still stay in your feminine energy and, and not come out as too much masculine and find the perfect alignment. If, if you yeah, have yeah. found it, do you mind sharing it with the rest of us? Cause we're struggling here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. First of all, therapy is great. Okay. <laughs> um, we, we have gone through therapy. We went through um, it's about a year of therapy um, through the beginning of the business. And it was really on um, communicating well with yeah. each other. Uh, and, and that was, that was the major thing that, that we worked on. But, um, so far as like staying in my feminine energy, my husband enjoys serving. Um, that's like his love language. He really likes to do things. For service. Yeah. So he's, uh, what I do is like, I, I need him. And so there's, there are things that could I do them on my own? Yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and need him to do it instead. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just, that's me loving him in the way that he loves. Right. So like, that's, that's how that, how that works. And then also whenever I'm not working, um, I'm just a goofball. Like we're just, we're just a family. We're just a goofy family that talks about farts and um, is just silly with each other. And, we just, we don't take, nobody takes themselves too seriously. We're just, we're serving. And then when the camera's off and whenever mommy's not working, then we go and we have fun. Like after this, we're going to go play tennis. Yeah. Um, this is just like it. We just make sure that we have good balance in life because yeah. as an entrepreneur and a type A personality, very, very easy to get just like this and only focus on work because we're so driven. Yeah. Except there's there's something to be said, and I believe it was Tim Ferriss that said this. I can't remember. Um, but uh, anytime we work past four hours a day, there's no 
you you're you're hitting the point of diminishing returns whenever you're working longer than four hours a day so whenever you get past that point you're really just grinding yourself into the ground or running yourself in the ground or however that goes um and and you're going to your relationships are going to suffer because of that so you're yeah. not available to your family and to your friends and things like that but also you're really not pushing the needle on your business either yeah um, you really just need to stay in like some good time blocking moments of of that four hours break that four hours up and crush it in four yeah. hours and allow the rest of your day to be fun, to spend time with your family and stuff like that. So you don't end up 20 years later looking at your kids that are now like, you know, in college or whatever. Yeah. In college, you grew up. And wondering where you were the whole time. Sure, you made the money, but that's not what they were wanting, right? That's not yeah. what they were looking for. They were looking for the person in their lives. And that's with anybody. That's, I mean, if you don't have kids, that's, that's also, it's anybody in your life, right? Um, and so I think it's just being intentional about making sure that we spend time with those people, that we let them know how much we love them. And most importantly, let them know that they, that they are our inner circle. Because mm -hmm. when we're so public facing, I think it's easy for people around us to feel a backseat, feel like they take a backseat to our audience. Um, and that's because we're so, you know, open with our audience that our family, special. they need to know they're our inner circle. Yeah. yeah. That is so true though. They, they definitely need to, need to feel that because they would feel like, okay, well, you, these are conversations because you as an open person, you talk about this topic and this topic, so why am I special in your circle? So you need to have the deep conversations with them, with your inner circle, family, friends, or loved ones, whoever you have, in order to be able to do that. And that is so true, though, what you just shared. So I, like, I think that's super, super important because time just passes by so quick. We were doing a, a resume of my last five years since I moved to Florida after my divorce. And I was like, holy smokes, so much has happened. But at the same time, it feels like, you know, a whole new person. And that's what I was talking about last night with my best friend. I'm like, I would have not been where I'm at without you because you're such a great support system. And end up crying a little bit, both of us, because, you know, we're girls at the end of the day. But it's so true, though. You do need that to let them know how appreciated they are. Absolutely. Uh, now, towards, because um, we cover multiple, I feel like we're covering a lot more than we intended to, because everybody knows that for my guests, I do an introduction call, you guys. And if you're listening to this episode from a podcast platform, wherever you get your podcast juice from, that's perfect. Uh, but don't forget, now we're doing on Apple, uh, I'm sorry, on YouTube, on Facebook, and on our website. I'll go ahead and log in so you guys can see our pretty faces too, because we actually put on makeup and we'll look really pretty for you guys now. So if a person has an idea to launch a business or, you know, they're a visionary and, but they actually want to take an action on their idea, but they're like, who the hell am I in this world and why should I go for it? How do they overcome that first initial step to even just make a post on social about it or, you know, or just write an article if they really want to write a book, how should they build their confidence? Yeah. The, the place that I move from is uh, 
who are my people and how am I going to serve them? Uh, when you move from that space, I had somebody this morning on my live ask me um, about imposter syndrome. And they were asking me, you know, how do you get past imposter syndrome, which aligns pretty well with this question. And, uh, and there's no amount of imposter syndrome that can ever get you if you are living on mission. And um, I know that might sound kind of ambiguous, but if you are in service to your people, there's no amount of imposter syndrome that's going to be able to get you. It can't touch you in that space because you're concerned about your people and making sure they are fed, making sure that they have direction in the, in the thing that you're able to help them with. And there's, you can't, you just go, you can't hold it back. So um, I know that I remember whenever I'd made my first um, Facebook business page, it was, it was like, I, I, I was literally curled up in my chair, um, like, like fetal position, right? Um, and like, didn't want to push the button of like publish because I was thinking, <laughs> All of these people are going to look at it. They're going to see it. They're going to say, who does she think that she is? Why is she able to do this? Da, 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 right? What I realized was that I was worried about what somebody else might think. And it's not even the fact that they're going to think it, right? And if they do think it, that's not even their stuff anyway. Like, those aren't your people anyway, right? If they're going to be saying that, they're not your people anyway, so who cares? What we have to focus on is, is not being afraid to show up. That's when you're just starting, you guys, it's the hardest part is getting over that thought that somebody else may be judging you. But here's the deal. So like I go over like a different, um, there's a percentage thing. I'm going to do it super, super quick here. Two to 3% of your audience, and that is a scalable number, two to 3% of your audience loves you, wants to buy what you're selling. They want to do everything with you. They don't even care, right? They're going to buy dirty socks. They don't care. They just love you, right? That's two to 3% of your audience. On the flip side, you guys, there's 5% of your audience that just wishes you would shut up. Okay. Here's the deal. That also is a scalable number. Scalable meaning 50 people to 50,000 people. 5%, the percentage is the same. So it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and here's the actual deal. 5% just like they're the loudest. They're the people that are the squeaky wheels. They're the people that are gonna say, oh, this is a bunch of garbage and blah, 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 right? Um, just mitigate that stuff, right? If it's on Facebook, just hide the comments so nobody else sees them. Mitigate that stuff. So the damage isn't really that bad, but they don't see you deleting it because that could be World War III, I'm just saying. Um, but so you have two to 3% that love you, love you, love you. You have 5%, you guys, that wish you would just shut up. You have 92%, 92% of your audience just needs to hear it more. Yeah. They just need to hear what you're saying more. And if you let the 5% get under your skin or scare you or paralyze you while you're trying to get this thing moving, your 92% will never be served by you. And if they're never served by you, then you're not building your business. So you can't let 
the five per, you just have to know who they are. You got to get it where it's like, okay, that's my 5%. Fine. They're here. They're not going anywhere. Fine. Whatever. I'm going to keep going. So it's whatever. I feel like whenever you understand that so much easier to actually deal with it. So, um, also I want to play the devil's avocado here because it's, you know, it's easy on the theory, but not easy on the practice. So is there like a certain sentence that you can say to yourself or a certain thought that you can repeat to your mind to where it's been like 92%, 92%, 5%, 5%, forget you 5%, like anything like that, that we can do like at the beginning. Uh, cause like once it turns into a habit, then you're good. But at the beginning, what's something you can do? Yeah, there's two things that you can do and it depends on where your heart is. One thing uh, is that's just my 5% and just understanding that that's who they are and, and putting it essentially like I visualize putting them in a shoebox and stuffing it under the bed where it belongs, like where it's just like just kick rocks, right? Um, and then if your heart is in a, a more nurturing space, then you could look at them like their four-year-old version of themselves and you could love them anyway and just keep moving and say they're just throwing a tantrum. They're just, that's, it's because everybody at their four-year-old version of themselves, um, that the reason that I look at at people that way is because we're all essentially good. Right? Yeah. And then life happens to us and we have reasons that we're upset about this and that and whatever, like stuff happens. Um, and a lot of times it really is bad stuff that happens. And so sort of like berating people that are the 5%, the 5% are loud because they've got stuff going on, right? Um, and so we can also just love them and say, hey, listen, I see you. I see you. I love you. I'm going to keep moving. And that's, that's, I mean, that is like one heck of a way um, to just keep moving. So those two options. I like that. Um, I tend to be like, well, you know, you're just uneducated enough. So sorry, I'm not going to waste my time. Um, I had, I remember when I first launched the podcast, I had this guy reach to me through LinkedIn say, oh, your website looks like a gypsy and your podcast name is very weird. And I said, well, did you get a chance to listen to it? He said, yes, I've been listening to every single episode. I just don't like it. And I said, well, anyways, thank you for the downloads. Hope you have a great rest of the day. And uh, he got mad at me. I'm like, you realize you still like did what I, what you were supposed to do, right? Like you got me downloads. So thank you. Yes. I just let it go. And when I tell my friends, they're like, what? Why were you mean? I was like, no, I wasn't. You get what you give, you know? I was exactly. like, thanks for the downloads anyways. And I continued by my day. But yeah. I remember that story because I still laugh at it. And I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, you still technically did what I, what you're supposed to do. Listen to my stuff. Yes. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and convince you that I'm the best. That's fine. There's right. other options out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Martha, what uh, what has been your biggest challenge this year? Because this year has turned everybody like upside down a little bit. Has this been one of your blessing years or one of those, oh my God, what the heck is going on years? It's been a blessing year. I haven't, um, thankfully, I haven't, uh, I haven't experienced a lot of the crazy that, um, that has been going on, but that's because of what we've created around our family, like the multiple streams and such. But um I think that the hardest thing, let me think. So the biggest challenge for this year is making sure that, so it goes back to those ideas, mm -hmm. um, making sure that the steps that I'm taking uh, in my own business and how I'm serving are the steps that need to be taken, right? 
and aren't just like flighty ideas of like, ooh, this would be cool, right? Um, but rather are really going to raise the bar for my students and uh, make their lives better. And I'm moving into a space in my business where it's less about me mm-hmm. and it's more about they need to be good. I need to make sure that they are served on all levels. So we're like, we're taking a bunch of money and reinvesting in to be able to make sure that we're kind of feeding them at this point. Um, And, and so like, that's, it's, it's an interesting thing to do. And I guess it's a challenge. I'm solution oriented. So it's hard for me to see challenges. I'm sorry. That's why like that question always throws me because I'm like, I don't know what a challenge is. Um, Because anytime I see or feel anything, I'm always like, what's the solution? So I just don't even see the challenge. But, um, but that said, I think that the challenge has been um, making sure that people are, are good in the programs and making sure that we're making them better and continuously making them better. And um, like I said, the, the company is no longer about me as much. I'm the figurehead for it. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the productivity, the things that come out of the company are now so much more about other people that it's just making sure that I'm taking the right steps for them. Cause mm-hmm. we're, I mean, we're moving into big business at this point and, uh, and I do business vastly different than mm-hmm. most people do. So I can't just pick up a book and read how X, Y, and Z did this because that's not how I'm doing it. So, um, so it's, it's just being very intentional with the steps that we're taking these massive, I was talking to somebody this morning. It's like, we're not even, if we're on a staircase, we're not even taking step by step. We're like, go, we're skipping steps. Like that's what's happening so far as, um, in, in how we're serving and stuff. So it's just making sure that we're serving in the right way. I feel like that's ambiguous, but that's because I can't say much. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there a new and exciting project that you're working towards? Cause you got a lot going on. Anything that you can share with us? Cause I know yes. there's a lot on the behind the scenes, but what can you share with us? Well, the next exciting thing that we have going on is with the ULA guys. I don't know if you know who they are, but they're so fun. Um, and they work a lot in life balance. So uh, they're, they started out as a lifestyle brand, and then uh, they have developed um, a system, like a Just Add Water system, for people to become life coaches under them and their framework. So mm-hmm. basically, people just come in with their heart and their soul and their desire to serve, and then they can just plug and play into this system, um, and they don't need to go to life coaching school or anything like that, right? Like they just plug into the system. And I have teamed up with those guys and what we're doing December 7th is we're doing a mastermind, which is going to be all about setting intentions, setting goals, like actual goals, not I hope this happens, but like goals for 2021. Um, And then we're going to go through all of the ways that we're going to make those goals happen and implement the goals. And then I'm going to even be teaching how to like whenever you become an ULA life coach, um, I'm teaching them how to market themselves as ULA life coach. Like I'm taking all of my business strategy brain focusing it in on just being an ULA life coach and we're going to crush. So I'm going to show them exactly how to build a strategy around themselves where they don't need to pay for ads and they don't need to, they don't need extra money. 
they just need to know how to show up and know what their own small strategy is and work it in 2021. And then essentially they're not going to, the idea is that if they do this, then they're likely going to have a 2021 that was like my 2020, where I was unaffected by what was going on in the news and the world and all of this stuff, um, that our family is relatively unaffected by that. And so financially anyway, and, uh, and so everybody else can be too. So we're going to be giving away the strategies of that. And that's going to be on December 7th. And that's for people that um, sign up to be an ULA life coach. I have a link for it if you want me to share that, but yeah, that's we'll it. attach the link on the show notes for my, for my lazy listeners that don't feel like typing anything. You just one click away, you guys. I mean, I don't know how much easier I can make it for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the link is ulalife.com. So O-O-L-A life.com slash Martha. Pretty perfect. Easy. Yeah. You guys got that? No, okay. Just the link is in the show notes. Lazy listeners. I love y'all. But <laughs> Um, so I want to recap a little bit what we covered so far in this before I ask the final question, which I'm sure I'll have another one before the final question. So young college dropout, food and beverage, sales, leadership, said peace out to the corporate world, and then just went for your dream. And here we sitting, uh, being able to not be affected by a global pandemic financially. I mean, that is pretty good. You guys, that is really good. So what I'm trying, where I'm trying to recap this is wherever you are, if you're trying to be where Martha position is at right now, or somehow the- around the lines, or if you're in food and beverage business right now and you have that business idea, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you had your idea. Just make the next step. Don't make me curse on my podcast. I don't like doing it. Just make the next step, honestly, because if you think about it, all that experience for Mata, for example, it was a resume building to get you to where you're at right now. Absolutely. So that's how everybody should look at all the professions or everything you're doing. Even if you're like an Uber driver right now and you're driving around town in Florida or wherever state you're at or country, and you're like, I want to be able to do this. If you want to own a limousine services, then guess what? You just learned the streets of your city. So that's your resume building. That's a customer relation building. So just try to think of the positive, try to think of that from that spectrum and correct me if I'm wrong or if you want to add anything else, Martha. Oh no, that's perfect. Totally perfect. And mic drop episode done. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we'll attach the information for the mastermind on the seventh. You guys, if you don't follow Martha on Facebook, please do so. I actually love it because she does like daily live streams and I'm like, oh, it's the Martha time. Let's look at this one. What questions we got today? And they're just really awesome. And she is very real and very upfront. And I feel like, like we should just be fast friends at this point. Like, why not? <laughs> no, no filter. Just say it how it is. You like it? No, you don't like it. You know, just take the advice and run with it. But I want to ask you, I know you, you love your baby girl. And I'm sure somehow she'll be related to the answer of this too, but what is your personal definition of success? Oh, wow. My personal definition of success is feeling each day that I've left it all on the court. Um, And what I mean by that is that, uh, that I've given everything that I possibly could to the people that matter to me. So um, to, to my community, to my audience, to my family, 
success to me is being able to go to bed at night knowing that I have served and I have served well um, and that I've made my world or the people in my world better that day. And then the next day starts over and we do it again. And that's, that is success to me. Um, and that's be also, Nora does tie into it, right? Um, being a good model for her and showing her what it looks like to be able to run a business, to be a boss, so to speak, and then go play tennis and go play and have color time and be able to snuggle and all of those things as well. So whenever Nora is, you know, 25, she's going to be able to say like, oh, well, this is all I know. All I know is how to be able to run business from home. Now it's really just going to be like, how do you desire to serve, right? Like that, it's going to be all about her. And so us as this generation that's a, a little bit older than the kids, they're looking to us for this, right? So success to me is being able to show up in the world in a way that is of true service to people and to model that to the next generation so they can show up in the world in a way that is of service to the world as well. Um, so they know what it looks like because they're not gonna do it if they don't know what that looks like. And if they don't see that that can also be financially successful, right? Um, so that's, that, that's everything in a nutshell. That's a long answer for <laughs> a short question. Well, what I got from it is changing the standards for a lot of people and allowing people to raise their own bar just by getting X, Y, or Z example and not going with the norm. That's like, that's how I can summarize it. Yeah, I like I, it. I, I like that, raising the standard. And I feel like not even for your daughter, for your students or for your circle, but just like raising the standard even for somebody that you have just one conversation in a drive-through or raising the standard even like little things. I, I think that's very important because we do need that you know, a little light of a different spectrum somehow, you know, like, yes. hey, there's also this other option out there, you know, you don't have to, to cry every night, you know, you can get over that guy and then be happy or you don't have to hate your job and suffer from anxiety, you can do this, you know, like, right. just a different spectrum, I think that's important. Oh, wow. my goodness. I feel like we can continue talking for like days here. <laughs> but um, we I would love to have you and the older guys back on the show. Why not? I think what you guys are doing, it's amazing. So yeah, yeah. To be high on caffeine for that episode because <laughs> I've seen the lives and it's a whole nother energy. And we, we are like adult brother and sister. Like it's just, we're a, we're a mess and it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm going to be more like the adoptive sister that will just can like say once in a while a word and it just like sits back and let you guys talk. Perfect. Episode <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Oh, wow. Where can people connect with you, dear? Oh, they can connect on um, Facebook. They can go to my website with Martha.com on Facebook. Anywhere, just search my first and last name. So um, last name spelled K-R-E-J-C-I. Um, but anywhere you type it in, you're probably only going to come up with me. However, there is a photographer over in the Czech Republic that has exactly the same name. So and she looks a little bit like me. So it's a little weird. But, uh, but good luck on finding me. But I'm on YouTube, Instagram, um, Twitter, Facebook. I'm all the places. So That's, uh, my, my name is weird too. And there's another Albanian girl with my name. Um, and she's a translator. Sometimes people are like, you translate too? I'm like, to my parents, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like that's a, side, that's a side hustle. Like a side support for my parents, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my goodness, Martha, it was such a pleasure having you on my show. I'm super duper excited to have you back. And you guys go ahead and look at the, the show notes for the link to go ahead and attend the mastermind on the 7th. Did you yes. click it yet? Should have. How about now? <laughs> okay. Okay, well, now. Okay, done. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much, Martha, for being a part of the show. And you guys, make sure to stay tuned every Tuesday for awesome episodes just like this one. And make sure to look at YouTube, Facebook, and our website, connectwithromina.com, to see our pretty faces and to see we actually have fun doing this. Just saying. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Martha, for being a part of the show. Thank you. See you guys later. Bye.